Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Life is a series of moments that all connect to make the life that you and I have. There are moments that we remember because we can't forget. There are moments we remember because we want to remember. Every moment is special. Every moment has its place. And some obviously more than others. The verse before us, this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, is a verse about a moment. It is a verse of critical moments and crucial understandings. In fact, we need the crucial understanding so that we can handle the critical moment. Think with me for just a few moments about what this verse teaches us. And the day today is devoted to the concept of handling temptations. I chose to use this topic coming back today because I have been asked many times, is what we are experiencing in this disease, is this God's judgment on us? Is this Satan's temptation to us? How does all this connect with these things? Well, I hope by the end of the lesson this evening we have a good understanding of what's going on. But for the moment, I want you to notice this crucial understanding for these critical moments. This verse says, when those critical moments come, we will either be overtaken or we will escape. You can leave your Bible open to that verse in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. That's where we're going to stay bringing in some concepts from other places. But I want you to be aware of this verse. I've taught it in a Bible class. I've preached it many times. And, and I'm trying again to hit it in combination with the lesson tonight because I think it is valuable to have some really good understanding about these things. I want you to first of all notice with me the crucial understanding. Notice what this verse says. The verse admits that there are two groups of people under consideration. 
There has no temptation overtaken you. Now, when he says that, he then says, but that which is common to all men, but then God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. He is talking about two groups of people. On the one hand, he is discussing those who are under the temptations that are common to all men. What's he saying? The whole world experiences the same life situations. All over the world, all men, all women are experiencing the same situations. We are offered the same opportunities. We are given the same temptations. They are out there. Satan operates on a daily basis. And according to 1 John 2 and verse 15, he tells us that all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are not of this of the Father, but are of the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. That's it. All temptations find their root in those three things. So all people are tempted. We are a part of all people, so we are tempted. But then he says, but God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. Now he is addressing a particular group of people. There are people that he will not allow to be tempted beyond their ability, and then there's everybody else. Well, wait a minute. What makes the difference? What makes the difference according to this verse that says, okay, you're different? This word, God will not permit. Because of the relationship that we have with him, this you group in the verse, because of that relationship, whoever those people are, God will not Permit. He doesn't allow. This word permit is an interesting word. In Luke 4 and verse 41, Jesus is walking around and he's healing a lot of people. And the Bible says, and the demons were being cast out and they were calling out saying, you are the son of God. And the text then says, and he would not, he rebuked them, Jesus did, and he would not permit them to speak. Jesus had control to stop the mouths of the demons that he was casting out. He would not permit it. He wouldn't allow it. It's used also in Matthew chapter 24 and in verse 43, where in talking about his topic, he uses this illustration. He said, if the master of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. 
he would not have permitted it. He would have stopped it. What's the verse saying? God will stop it. He won't allow it. He won't permit what? You to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. What does that then mean? I have a question. Hadn't considered it before. <clears throat> not sure. Well, I'm sure that I've not considered it enough. Not sure that I have an answer fully. But I have a question. Does the devil have to get permission to come after us? There's indication in Scripture that that's true. You remember in Job, the devil came before God and he said, You have a hedge around Job. Why don't you permit something bad to happen? And God said, okay, do what you want, eventually saying, but don't kill him. Satan asked permission to go after Job in the New Testament. Jesus was talking to Peter and he said, Satan has requested to have you that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will be strong. And when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. Did Satan have to get permission? To sift as wheat, Peter the Apostle? Well, certainly those two are true. So my question then is, do you think that maybe Satan has to get permission to come to us? And that's one of the things that God means when he says, I will not permit it? Hmm, interesting. This idea of being in a relationship with God is very important. The difference in these two groups of people discussed in this verse, those who have a relationship, those who don't. John chapter 10, Jesus said, I give them eternal life. And no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. God who gave them me is over all and he will not allow anyone to pluck them out of his hand. My father and I are one. That section of verses begins in verse 27 by saying, All who are mine, my sheep, Hear my voice and follow me. That's that group of people versus this other group of people. And in this special relationship, this crucial understanding, we better understand 
As children of God, we are his sheep. We hear his voice and we follow if we are his sheep. And if we're trying to stay a part of this relationship, and it's a different relationship than everybody else in the world enjoys. But the second part of this verse is the critical moment. The moment when the devil now has permission to tempt. I will either be overtaken or I will escape. Notice these two words quickly. To be overtaken is an aggressive word. It's an aggressive word. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, in telling them how to deal with conflict with individuals, he said, if one comes after you and wants to take away your cloak, give him your tunic also. I'm not going to go into the depth of the verse, but notice he is saying, if someone comes and wants to Take by force. On another occasion, Jesus asked Peter, he said, Of whom do the kings of the earth take taxes? The people who are his friends or the ones who are not. Again, we have this aggressive word to take, to seize, to grab the critical moment I'm talking about is the moment when Satan reaches out to grab us, to take us, to seize us. What we don't understand is what his purpose is. His purpose, like with Peter, is to sift us as wheat. That is, to destroy us, to beat us, to take us away from the relationship. In the very same way that he was removed from the relationship when he tried to overthrow God in heaven and was kicked out aggressively, he has now turned that aggression on us. It is an attempt at a hostile take over. He's already lost the battle with God. The only opportunity he has is to go after God's people. And he wants to take us by force. When that critical moment happens, we may, we have a chance. He wants us to step faithlessly, not doing what is right. Romans 14, verse 23, whatever is not from faith is sin. Satan wants to encourage us 
force us, seize us into acting in ways that are not based on faith. That's what could happen in that moment. In that moment, he might be trying to get us not to do what we know we ought to do. To the one who knows to do good but does not do it to him, it is sin. James 4, verse 17. He wants us to step short of what it is that we ought to be doing. That's a critical moment, and it's a hostile takeover. In that moment, 1 John 3, verse 4, all sin is lawlessness. He wants us to go past the law, step over it, abuse it, set it aside, and say, I'm not going to follow it. It's a hostile takeover to say, God's not right. His law's not right on this case and in this moment. And in 1 John 5, verse 17, John says, all unrighteousness is sin. And in that critical moment, he wants to seize us to go around, to take an end run, to be righteous on our own, disregarding the righteousness of God. He wants to overtake. This aggressive action must be met with an aggressive response. It is so critical. It's a critical moment. It is a moment in which it might change the rest of our lives, but it will certainly change that moment of our lives. So God says, I will, with the temptation... Provide the way of escape that you might be able to bear it. The way of escape is an aggressive response. Hebrews 11 verse 15. In that chapter, when he's talking about the Israelites coming out of Egypt, if they had considered the country from which they had come out, they would have had occasion to return. The children of Israel escaped Egypt aggressively. God put the plagues on them, the people of Egypt. And when the people of God did what God said to do, aggressively, they attacked that last plague by doing what he told them to do to prepare them not to have the firstborn in their household killed. And when the Egyptians finally said go, aggressively, the children of Israel turned and looted the nation of Egypt, the text says, by getting their gold and silver and stuff, just get out of here. They looted Egypt. Here's the point. The response 
must be as aggressive as the action. Look for the escape. Hebrews 13, 7, it is also used there. Remember those who rule over you have taught the good word to you. Consider their conduct looking at the outcome of their faith. That's an aggressive thing. I want to see aggressively how I can be faithful, following faithful people. Here is the point. God says, I'm going to make the way of escape. To whom does he make it? Those who are his sheep. And how do they know about it? Because they are his sheep. They hear his voice and they follow him. And in the dark, critical moment of temptation, listen. Listen to the voice of God calling you to come over here. So what is the escape route? Well, Jesus is the only escape route. In that passage of John 10, those who hear my voice and follow me are my sheep. If you want to be able to escape the critical moments, you better be in the sheepfold and a part of the sheep. If you're in the sheepfold, if you're a part of the sheep, and as you are roaming through life, what's the escape route? Count on the relationship as a sheep in the sheepfold to escape from the hostile takeover. So Jesus is the only escape route. How do we escape? Through Jesus. Well, if Satan wants to take away our faith, all that is not from faith is sin, then figure out what you believe. Figure out where your faith lies. And act in faith, not in doubt. When he wants to keep us from doing what is right, notice what is right and do it. That's the escape route. When he wants us to go beyond what God authorizes for us in lawlessness, pull yourself back and say, I'm going to stay in the bounds of the law of God. That's the escape route. And when he wants us to go around and disregard and create our own rules and live unrighteously, simply say, it's not about me. It's about him. That's the escape route. And God promises that it will be there. It may not be like a strobe light. If you've been up here at night, sort of like the one under the drive-thru in our building out there, you know, in the drive-thru area. It may not be a lighted sign over a doorway that says, escape route. But you can count on one thing. It is marked 
in the red blood of the crucified Son of God. The word that he's left, the invitation that he makes to escape the hostile takeover first, you need to be a Christian. Because really the devil doesn't spend a lot of time with those other people. He already has them. You need to be a child of God. When you are obedient in baptism, you are God's child. At that moment then, when the critical moments come, count on that relationship. Rely on that relationship. Turn to that relationship and say, I'm going to use it. I'm his child. I want to be in the care of the sheepfold. Look aggressively for the way out. The problem is, sin is so easy. It's an aggressive, hostile takeover attempt. But it is so easy for us just to stay there and do whatever is said. It takes an aggressive action not to do that. You've got to get up. You've got to move. You have to have intention. And make the aggressive response to seek out the escape route that God has promised. Tonight, we'll connect all of this to the current situation in which we reside. And we're going to think about James chapter 1. But for now, maybe there's someone gathered here today that needs the prayers of this church gathered here and online and we want to offer that opportunity to you. Or if you're ready to obey your Lord in baptism, we want to offer that opportunity to you. If you're online with us, we certainly would love to hear from you if we can help and be involved in your life as you strive for the strength of the sheepfold to overcome the hostile takeover. If we can help you today, will you come as we stand and sing together? We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.